Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. We're sitting inside of a drone. So we're going to start out this evening with a um, a bit of a quiz. And not all of its concepts are pleasant. But it has a point. There's a house in the middle of a city. And there are mice in the house. And the owner, being barbaric, calls an exterminator. And the exterminator puts some <coughs> things in its truck, comes to the house. What's missing? from the mice. Awareness. Hmm. Say it louder. Awareness. Awareness. They were in the house, correct? The occupant of the house made a phone call from the house, correct? There were words spoken about what was the problem. But the mice didn't feel it was a problem. The mice just felt it was life. Correct? There's a planet called Mercury. Ah. Oh, maybe he's not completely crazy. Maybe he's tying some dots together. And what is happening with Mercury right now? It's going into extermination, <laughs> which is astronomically called retrograde. Do you understand retrograde? I mean, not just the, the goofy stuff, but do you understand what it is physically? Because of the elliptical 
nature of the planetary orbits, which means that they're not perfect circles, they're elliptical. There comes a time about three times a year and sometimes four times a year, depending upon the year, where the Earth and Mercury find themselves on opposite sides of the Sun. And as they're moving, they appear to be pulling away from each other because the geometry of their location actually is. Mercury in retrograde is a time for cleaning. And a prerequisite of cleaning is disassembling. Mercury in retrograde is a time of disassembly and cleaning. Yogis love it. Lawyers hate it. <laughs> Lawyers that are yogis love it and wisely use it like a mouse that's aware. Oh, extermination is coming. Let's go on vacation. Let's take a break from this house. Right? Wouldn't that be a great children's book? There's a moon. And between tonight and tomorrow, there's an eclipse of the moon, a full lunar eclipse. When the moon is eclipsed, it puts a blockage in your receptivity. Now we have a combination of things taking place. There's a blockage in your receptivity. And there's a mercurial circumstance which allows for no assemblage. What should you do when there's a blockage in your receptivity? What do you do when you're going to be away from your house and your favorite program is on TV? You record it. Now, is the moon blocked everywhere? No. No. It's just blocked on Earth. Are you just on Earth? No. Is your consciousness located in your body? No. So what should you do? when the moon is in retrograde so that you don't have a gap in your receptivity. You should record it. And what did Yogi Bhajan say was the best way to record the moon in eclipse?
These are your Mercury fingers, by the way. including the politicians, including the religious clerics, including the bankers, including the manufacturers, including, including, including the educational system, including, including. We find that the majority of them are unaware. But there are people within each one of those categories that are aware. And those people that are aware in each one of those categories are, for the most part, in agony. Because they find themselves being a part of something which is being run with a lack of awareness. And so, Oftentimes, people within those systems with awareness have two choices. Either dispose of their awareness. They have three choices. Either dispose of their awareness, rise up in the midst of it and try to make corrections, 
which usually doesn't have great outcomes because of the numbers, or abandon it and do something else with their awareness. Your awareness needs to be able to discover their awareness. You need to be able to discover the like-hearted, those who have a similar heartfelt attitude. Because in that relationship, you can lend support. And with that support, they feel less agony. Right now, for the next approximately three weeks, is a magnificent time to find them. Mercury in retrograde is a time of disassembly, which means that there will be a lot of people whose shields, whose covers, are disassembled. You think that there's been exposure thus far? Watch for the heyday over the next three weeks as far as, you know, world stage stuff goes. Not that it's meaningful. It's just, it's like a really bad TV program that plays 24-7 on every channel and everybody's talking about this really bad program. I was trying to think of a really great joke right there, but I think in and of itself it's a really great joke. But it just is what it is, and it is what it's supposed to be. You have to understand that they're doing their job. You're not. Those of us of higher awareness need to produce a higher attitude. We need to stand up inside ourselves. We don't need to get out and, and make a spectacle of ourselves yet. That time is coming. But we need to stand up inside of ourselves so that we don't have down days, that we don't have that common depression. Because there is so much data in the world right now and it's moving faster and faster. And when the outside world is more impressive than your inside world, the imbalance is called depression. When the outside world has more pressure than your inside world, the outcome is called depression. Yogi Bhajan wasn't making light of depression, but he was giving a signal, he said, when you are depressed, what you need to do is press back. Now, when you are depressed and you're depressed and you can't move out of your depression, it's very hard for you to get yourself situated so that you can press back. That's 
when you need someone that's around you that can lend you support. And that's who we are for so many people on earth right now. Just by you not participating in the feeding frenzy of dissociated ideals. I mean, the border is heartbreaking. But what you have to be able to do is not be in a heartbroken condition. You have to be aware of the calamity, the brutality, the catastrophe, and you have to hold it up. Because at this point, you need to be the ones to lend psychic support. A great, very short book to read by a good old friend who's no longer living, but his name was Ken Keyes, not to be confused with Ken Kesey. Ken Keyes wrote a book about a phenomenon called The Hundredth Monkey. And what it found was that within every species, there is a tipping point of awareness. For example, there would be a tipping point of awareness amongst the mice of a city. So they found the, these islands off of Japan where there was this particular type of monkey And so the anthropologists noticed that certain monkeys were actually not eating the fruit just off the ground, but they would take it and they would run down to the river and they would wash it off and then they would eat it. Because when they would eat it off the ground, there was sand and dirt in it. And then they would notice that when they were eating, they were also spitting. <laughs> and they found, now I don't know if they trained some or if they just saw some that did it. I'm not, I can't remember because I read it like 35 years ago. But the monkeys started to teach each other. And the monkeys started to all wash their fruit. And then they noticed that at a certain level of involvement, the idea spread without contact. Because they found that the monkeys on other islands at a certain level of activity on that one island began to do it too. So it became a special <coughs> integration of information. And the book is called The Hundredth Monkey. And I mean, that's a metaphor because it wasn't like when there was 99 monkeys, it was all private. And then when the hundredth monkey came along, it went viral. <laughs> and there was no monkey Facebook.
But imagine there is a special phenomenon. They have found the same thing to be true with other aspects in other species. What is the phenomenon in the human species that can go viral? Now, in order to go viral, you have to have reception. And so not everyone, we can turn off the freezer, people are jacketing up. <laughs> I know, it gets cold in here, and then it gets hot, and then it gets cold, and then it gets hot, but it's cool. <laughs> it's not cool, it's cold. Awareness, awareness can go viral. Not amongst everyone, because not everyone has evolved to the place in which that awareness can take place. If you don't have an awareness of algebra and an awareness of trigonometry, you're not going to get calculus. Calculus data can bounce off of your ears and eyes and your brain all day long, but if you haven't mastered algebra and trigonometry, calculus is not going to make sense to you. There are prerequisites. In the 84,000 human incarnations, you go through series after series after series of prerequisites until you get to a place in which you can have that crystal clear awareness, which in the ancient Greek was Krista, which is where the word Christ comes from. Jesus Christ means I am clear. Jesui is I am, and it's what's been mispronounced into Jesus. So Jesus Christ means I am clear. It's a statement. But it takes an incredible number of your 84,000 incarnations of which all of you are at that point. Otherwise, the moment I started talking this stupidity, which to you of anybody lesser than would go, that guy is just rambling. But my words are touching certain data points inside of your neurology that are going, oh, oh, oh. Your awareness cells are opening up. And then it's up to you to assemble them inside of you. I can remember when I would go in, I was, every class, I was at Yogi Bhajan's class every single day, two sometimes, two classes a day. And I would leave a class and somebody would say to me, so what did he say? And I had no idea. <laughs> All I knew is that I absorbed every word. But I was going to have to, reassemble them because I had no idea what they were in that word string that he sent out. But as I open my mouth today, 
his words are coming out all the time, all the time. A story here, a story here, a phrase here, a phrase here. It's not that I sit at home and read these things. They're just in there. Awareness. What's coming? Oh, Azita, who teaches here, a baby boy, la uh, pff, baby boy, a baby girl last night. Aww. Yay! Seven o five p.m. Five pounds thirteen ounces. Is that possible? Yeah, there's sixteen ounces in a pound. Yeah. <laughs> five pounds thirteen ounces. Rumi. Nahai Rico. Whoo! Classy name. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know if any of you saw her Facebook post the day before she gave birth, dressed in a string suit. I mean, I, I went, okay. <laughs> A little more information than I'm accustomed to, but she was standing on the side of the swimming pool going, come on, little one, come on, little one. You know, it was like, whoa, she was out to here. Surprised it was only five pounds, 13 ounces. I mean, it looked like it was about 13 pounds, five ounces. Our awareness is embedded in our DNA. And that's one of the reasons why Yogi Bhajan would always say, never say, I don't know. Because you actually know everything. It's all there. But your capacity to access it, translate it, and understand it comes with your prerequisites. Did you do algebra? Did you do trigonometry? Now you can do calculus, right? The prerequisites that we have gone through have been tens of thousands of lifetimes on many different solar locations, many different suns throughout the megaverse and multiverse. And many of us, most of us, perhaps all of us, are from the future. In other words, we're from planets that were around much longer than this one was. So we were in systems that were much more advanced than this one is. And we've come back here, literally come back in time, if you think about it that way. But it's, I'm not talking multi-dimensional travel. I'm talking just logical, three-dimensional, four dimensions of time travel. But you came from a system that was much more advanced, so you were raised in a much more advanced culture. You had much more advanced ideas. Now you've come to this planet, and you're here, and you're going like Yogi Bhajan. Wow, what a dump. <laughs> I can remember driving him, and when I, drove, when I drove him in the earliest days, my vehicle was a 1951 Chevy pickup truck. And I'm driving Yogi Bhajan in my 1951 Chevy pickup truck. And he is, he's, you know, telling me to break the law all the time because in India, you know, traffic laws are just suggestions. They're not really, they're not really rules. And, you know, and he's eating this apple. And I remember this moment distinctly. He's eating this apple 
and he's eating this apple and we're stopped at a, at a red light and there's just a big crowd of people walking across the street in both directions. And he's eating this apple and he's eating this apple. And he rolls down the window and he spits some of the apple out the side of the window and he goes, you Americans, you are so sick. And he's watching these people walk back. You Americans, Americans, you're so sick. And I'm looking at him going, I'm an American. <laughs> we live in a very undeveloped world. 86.7% of this undeveloped world is undeveloped by design. That's an exact number. The other 13.3% of the world's population is either in your state or striving to get to your state. In order for us to bring peace to this planet, to bring sanity to this planet, to stop all of this. I mean, people are not corrupt and stealing because they're bad people. Kids steal cookies and then lie about it, don't they? Good kids will go into a store and see some gum and not have money and steal it and then lie about it. Good kids. It's not bad kids. It's just temptation and the lack of discipline. That's what's happening on the world stage. These people are just undeveloped and they're doing things like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> but it's in your pocket. I have no idea how it got there. I didn't eat those cookies, but the crumbs are all over your lips. I must have walked through a cookie crumb storm. <laughs> Correct? Correct? And this is what we're viewing here. Don't get twisted up about it. What our task is, is to become more and more and more aware. So like those mice, and now we have circled back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like those mice, we're aware of when the exterminator is being called. And we can send some mice down to the exterminator's truck and eat through the ignition cord. <laughs> we have that capacity. We have that ability. The power of prayer. St. Thomas talked about it all the time in very real terms, not in begging terms. Yogi Bhajan said, when you pray, do not beg. Ask as if you are entitled. Not in a disrespectful way, because respect, respect means to open up. Again, re-spect. Literally the root of spectacle. A spectacle is that which is opened up to its fullest degree. Re-spect is that you open up 
again. So in your prayers, for your desires and for your global desires, with respect, request with entitlement. And that's an interesting wire to walk on. Because to be totally respectful and entitled is a bit of a polarity, a bit of a dichotomy. And what these teachings tell us is that in that dichotomy, or that dichotomous polarity, produce an elevated paradox, a third position that encompasses the two previous positions. It's not a compromise. It's an elevated paradox. A compromise is giving a little of this and a little of that and you somehow slide back and forth on the spectrum. This is an entirely different position which makes A and B both not just satisfied, but fulfilled. This is literally the psycho-emotional magic that we must become masters of. Forget about walking on the water of a river or a lake or an ocean. Start walking on the water of your body, which is 70% water, and walking on the water of your brain, which is 90% water. Begin to be on top of yourself. Begin to be on top of the wave so that you can balance out and then lean into the devotional areas, which are joy and love and inspiration and trust and faith. Because if you're down here, you're lost under the tumult of the wave of time. And the wave of time, time comes from forever on waves that travel through the finite. Time comes from our immortal self and passes through our mortal self. Which part of your mortal self do you want to ride on? Your crisis? Being lost? Depressed? Struggling? Or up here, where you're balancing and leaning into that ease. And that's why we do this exercise. Because we use that dropped a word muscle testing what is it you're better than Google <laughs> Kinesi use your kinesiological sensation which is body to mind mind to body body to mind mind to body and body to mind mind to body passes through emotion 
But when you have your emotions dialed up so that they're not your emotions, but they're your devotions, then they don't distort the message from body to mind or mind to body. You physically manifest what you desire in your mind, or your body knows how to translate what it's experiencing into your understanding in the mind. This is an incredible apparatus. Have you ever seen those people that have the metal detectors? Your body is like an awareness detector. That's why if you know kinesiology and you muscle test, and there's so many different ways of doing it, but your body will tell you. Your body will tell you. And that's why we do an exercise such as this. We, we come into horse stance, and we inhale here, and then we exhale here. And then we inhale, and we exhale. And when Yogi Bhajan would give these kinds of exercises, he would call them satellite dishes. In the early days of satellite television, you remember the satellite dishes? They were ginormous, right? And a friend of mine had one that would be able to track all the satellites, right? So this huge stupid thing in his backyard was like moving, you know? Oh, he just changed channels. <laughs> and this massive, I mean like 10 feet across or something huge, you know, is like uh, uh, uh. That's what you're creating. You're creating your ability for your body Hmm? And you're doing this one. You're moving all of the energy you have, this electromagnetic field around you. You're moving all of that energy into your heart meridian, which runs outside of you, in the front of you. And the heart meridian also coincides with your vagus nerve which is the return channel for your kundalini rising. Once again, the mice need awareness. Because if you don't know that that exists, and if you, and why do you have your, your wrists at 90 degree angles? Because that's, that's producing an electromagnetic field in your electromagnetic aura, you literally, by doing that, grab a bunch and bring it in. Grab a bunch and bring it in. Grab a bunch and bring it in. And that's a lot of hooey, which is a very technical word. It's a lot of la-la, which is an equally technical word, if you don't believe. And the only way that you can believe is if you are aware. Do you believe that it was warm today? But if you had been inside all day, blinds closed, AC on, you may not be aware. And so if asked, do you believe it was warm today, 
you would say perhaps, I don't know, which you're not supposed to say, but <laughs> you would say it. So your awareness triggers your belief. Your belief triggers your devotions. Why do people's houses get blown over by hurricanes? And the answer is because life needs to exist. Hurricanes are the way the planet Earth infuses oxygen into the atmosphere. Hurricanes are centripetal forces. They're spiraling inward. And anytime you have a centripetal force spiraling inward, it will infuse oxygen into the environment. You see all the fish gather in the whirlpools where the eddies are in the rivers because that's where the greatest amount of oxygen is in the water. And where do hurricanes originate? Off the coast of the rainforests. So the hurricanes start to spin, they start to gather the oxygen that's coming off the rainforests, and then they start to disperse it around the world's atmosphere which is also helped out by the jet stream. A hurricane hitting a coast is not a disaster. It's just a hurricane hitting the coast. What's a disaster is that people are so unaware that they build their house in the path of the exterminator. What happened when the tsunami off of the Indonesian earthquake was rolling across Thailand heading towards the south coast of India? What happened to all of the sea life? Did they get thrown up on shore? No. The sea life knew what was happening before it was happening, felt the vibration of what was happening, and they dove into areas where they wouldn't get tossed about by the superficiality of the tsunami. And did the land animals get wiped out? Only the humans. Because all of the rest of the land animals scattered to the ground that was higher than the tsunami. And we call ourselves the most intelligent life form on the planet. There is no creature on earth that builds its home in the path of a hurricane because they've learned over millions of years it's not a good thing because the ones that did didn't survive. So the ones that didn't reproduced. Right now, you are the intelligence you are the awareness. It's time to get out of being trapped in the worldly issues. Set yourself free. And in that freedom, 
become a mouthpiece for awareness. And I just have one gesture. It's signage for the, for the deaf. That if you participate in any kind of timidity, and this I learned directly from Yogi Bhajan because he called it the Saturn salute. And that's it. Because that's your Saturn finger. And it's giving you a good salute. So you have no right to be timid. You have no right to be anything other than a phenomenon. And that doesn't mean that you should go out and be just an exhibitionist, you know. No. Plan your campaign well. And be the you that you were born to be because otherwise at some point in the distant future you'll be on your deathbed in the very distant future. And you'll be on your deathbed and you'll go, oh, I coulda, woulda, shoulda, oh, oh. You must have zero. Thank you. Say it louder. Louder. Regrets. He's got a good accent. Regrets. <laughs> Gives it a little extra oomph. You must have zero regrets, zero angst. You must walk out of your body as if, ha, ah, done that job. <laughs> Do we have a deal? Yes. Do we have a deal? Yes. Raise your right hand. I do hereby, I do hereby solemnly, promise solemnly promise that I am going to do my job that is in my destiny without the slightest timidity. <laughs> Give yourselves a hand. All righty, let's, let's get our bodies in tune. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya, there's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. 
And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.